0: Hello and welcome to The Whispering Woods Terabytes. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is episode number two of the Terabytes. If you are just joining us, um, if I can quickly say, these aren't our main episodes. We release these episodes every Tuesday, just for an extra bite of terror. Anyway, <laughs> so this bite of terror is all about... Creepy Encounters. It is. I've got three creepy encounter stories to share today. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. At the time, I was working for Animal Planet as a camera operator on their show, Lost Tapes. We were filming in the Pine Barrens. The Jersey Devil episode. There'd been a lot of set vandalism, so I started camping at the set every night to see if I could catch whoever or whatever was doing it. I'd been doing it for seven nights, but had never been able to catch anything. Usually, I would hear weird sounds and stuff being broken, jump up and scramble for the trailer door. Only to find the vandal already gone. By the seventh night, the crew and I were fed up, as there were now several thousand dollars worth of damage. One of the lifts suggested staking out around set so we would have a better chance of success. Come that night, I, along with both lifts, the producer, our audio guy, and a makeup artist, were staggering around the set, waiting. I was in the rundown house behind the busted wall, a small handheld camera in my hand, so I could at least get a picture of the vandal if nobody caught them. Around 2.40am, I started hearing stuff on the road and began creeping out of my hiding spot. My plan was to climb the broken wall Stick my camera and head through a hole in the ceiling we had made for lighting and feck, take the picture, then climb onto the roof to either grab them or scare them towards one of the lifts who was hiding next to the house. I just got my head through and was raising the camera when I saw it, and it saw me. I didn't even get the chance to scream before it was on me. It bit into my shoulder and I slipped we both went falling down into the house where it landed on top of me the jolt from the fall forced it to let of my shoulder but in doing so it only got angrier it took a swing at me with its claws and I rolled to the side getting my right side slashed by now everyone heard the commotion and came running our audio guy had the foresight to bring a small handgun and drew it. It didn't notice as it was too focused on me who by now was beginning to black out from blood loss. From what I was told by a lift our audio guy shot it twice in a wing and it got the message but still wanted a piece of me. It took me in its claws and tried taking off through the roof hole but couldn't fit so it dropped me. I fell the ten feet to the floor while the audio guy kept firing until he couldn't see it anymore. Nobody wanted to wait for an ambulance, afraid that it might come back, so a lift slung me over his back and everyone took off running. They guessed it was still pretty angry as it followed them, dive-bombing both the group and the car as everyone fled. It only stopped... When they finally reached the boundaries of Barrens. I woke up in the hospital a few hours later. By now the Forest Patrol, police, news reporters, journalists, and a network exec had gathered. Nobody knew what to tell anyone. Well, we all doubted anyone would believe it if we cried Jersey Devil, so we just said it was bare and kept it at that. I came away with a broken neck. Three bruised and cracked ribs, two lacerations on my side, a series of puncture wounds on my shoulder and PTSD. The on-set shoot was cancelled and we ended up just renting a campsite in California to film. None of us really talk about it. I think I'm the only one who feels comfortable telling people. We still work for Animal Planet on and off. But tend to avoid the big lost tapes poster in the producer's office. I know it seems hard to believe, but it happened, and I still have the scar. That is terrifying, that story. Yeah. Really terrifying. I don't think it'd stop me trying to record, though. I'd love to record one of those sort of documentaries about. Folkloric creatures (laughs) Um, I'm going to actually watch that episode later Because I found it on the telly And I'm going to watch it Settle in with my coffee and my crochet And that's going to be my treat Because I'm not working today Because I work Saturday Yay (laughs) I want to quickly update Everybody as well Um, I said about that we would probably do Another Glitch in the Matrix story In a few weeks time we're actually going to do a part two, as you've probably noticed, um, that releases on Sunday. Now, the reason I'm going to do that is because it's less writing for me, because the following week is actually our six-month birthday. Yeah. Yeah, six months we've been doing the podcast. It's gone really quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, don't feel it that. It really doesn't. Um, let's, here's to another six months. But for that episode, I'm doing a special on British folklore. So I need to save my brain to write for that episode. Are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. You can't see him, but Toby has pulled up the, the top of his hoodie and looks like E.T., ET phone home. (laughs) Right, here's the second story. This was a year ago, and I need help figuring out what I experienced. One day, my friend, a 16 year old male, and I, a 16 year old female, decided to go to the park around 6 pm. It was the middle of November. In Ontario, Canada, so the sun sets quite early in the day. My city is full of forests and rivers and hills, but also has a good city portion to the south. No snow was on the ground, though it was two degrees Celsius, and there was four leaves everywhere. Some more context was that I always believed in these creatures, and even spent some time north speaking and making some friends with indigenous people when I was young so to the story we stayed at this park which was only 10 minutes from my house it was a neighbourhood park but there was forest surrounding the backyards of the exterior houses it got really dark and the park didn't have a street lamp there was a basketball court just beside the park connected by a path which was also pitch black. My friend and I were sitting on the playset, just talking as it got really cold out. Nearing 9pm, we started to plan to go home. Before we actually got up, this guy emerged from the path to the basketball court and just stared at us. But since it was dark, we could only see his silhouette and he could probably only see ours too he stared at us for what felt like three minutes until he took out what looked like a phone and pretended to look at it It didn't even turn on he was like not far from us at all he stared at it for another few seconds until he started walking towards the street where there were lights as he walked past us The light started making his features more visible. The thing was, didn't really look like he had any. No hair, no nose, nothing. But that could have been the angle. He walked to the sidewalk and just left. My friend and I agreed that we should leave because that was creepy as hell. So we took the short way which was a path towards the main street. As we walked through the small and dark path I turned on my flashlight on my phone and my friend told me to shut it off. I did that almost immediately. We reached the main street and stood at the set of lights just waiting our turn. The sight of cars passing by didn't even give me any relief. We crossed the street and went into my neighbourhood there were two possible ways home the long way that goes all around my neighbourhood and the short way which goes right to my house with only one turn we chose the long way to make sure we weren't being followed we didn't want this creep and possible killer getting to my house and stalking me further we only walked for 30 seconds but then I got this sick to my stomach feeling I felt like my energy was being sucked out of my body. I felt like vomiting. I felt such dread, like this was where I would die if we went a step further. It was completely quiet, other than my breathing picking up. I started sweating, but I was freezing cold. I looked at my friend and asked if we could just turn around and go straight home. He immediately agreed and we started walking super fast. I couldn't run. The feeling in my stomach was so strong and I felt so weak. The thought of, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, repeated in my head. I wanted to cry. My friends seemed to have the same feelings as me. We were speed walking so fast, the wind rushed up around my ears. I turned around to make sure nothing was there but it was completely empty. Something was there though. I felt it. I felt like he or it was watching us. After we turned the one corner I could see my house just down the street. I kept hearing leaves crunch in the distance every once in a while though it was mostly silent. As we got closer to my house the feeling of dread got stronger and not crying tears came out of my eyes. My eyes were stinging. We got to my house and slammed the door and locked it. My mum offered us food, but we denied because of the vomit feeling both of us had. While my friend waited in my family room on the second floor that faced the street, I sat on the floor in the bathroom, dry heaving, the feeling went away a bit and I came out of the washroom and met my friend in the family room the curtains were open and I stared at the other side of the street the strong feeling came back and my nose and eyes started stinging again I shut the curtains and sat on the floor completely out of sight from my window my friend went home and I hid in my bed the next day I woke up for school I had to walk 40 minutes to school that day because I had no ride as I was getting ready my phone rang and it was a different friend who lived on the edge of the woods she sounded like she was quiet and asked me and my boyfriend to pick her up on our way to school I asked her why and she responded I don't know I opened my curtains and I got this feeling I don't feel good. It feels like something is watching me. Can you just pick me up? I agreed, but then told her mine and my friend's experience the night before. I don't know what happened that night or what that thing was. I completely forgot about it for a year until today when I told an old friend what happened that night. As I'm typing this, my eyes are watering and I keep getting chills even though I forgot. Now I remember it so clearly. Could I have died that night? Would I be dead if I didn't listen to my instincts? I know I will never go out at night again. Can anyone help me out? Was this a Wendigo? What was it? Could have just been a normal person. (laughs) have been but I wanted to include it um, because it's still a really creepy encounter you know it could have been yeah. it could have been nothing paranormal at all and it could have been a serial killer mm. it's funny actually the other day Roger and I were listening to a podcast now he's really got into true crime because you know what I'm like with it he ain't got, Yeah, he's not really got much choice has he <laughs> no. yeah? um, and we were listening to a podcast episode the other day and Obviously, there's a difference in language, isn't there? Do you know what suspenders are in the UK? Nope. Okay. So there's something uh, that some women, that women wear to hold up their stockings. Do you know those things that kind of drop down? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? think so. Right. Now, they're quite raunchy suspenders in the UK. But in America, suspenders are, they hold your trousers up. Do you know that type of suspender? Yeah. Yeah? Like, we do call them suspenders here as well, I think. But no, do we? I I can't remember now because I'm just having one of these mind planks that comes with my menopause. Um, But so this podcast was saying about this serial killer and that he wore, that somebody spotted him, a witness, and they said that he was wearing suspenders and a hat. Ooh. So we were in hysterics Imagining this like Serial killer Coming down wearing The sexy suspender type With a hat Gone Completely gone us <laughs> <laughs> took a while to calm that down It was the laughing you know When it really hurts your belly mm. But it's also very good for the six pack That I'm trying to acquire yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. Back when I was in first year high school, I was part of this choir where we would sing the songs our school required us to sing, like the national anthem or some church song. To be honest, I wasn't the best singer and only joined for the benefit of skipping class. The skipping class part was great and all, but staying late for practice was kind of a downside, especially when it was before a big school event. One day we had to practice near the school's botanical garden because the place where we usually practice was being occupied by another group of people. Some of the members of the choir were kind of hesitant about practising near the gardens because there had been a lot of scary stories surrounding the place and no two accounts of the same. I, on the other hand, just wanted practice to be over. We practised until around 8 or 9pm. At Around this time, there would only be two gates that would be open if one wanted to leave the school college gate, which was all the way across from where we practised, and the track and field gate, which was near, but you had to pass through the garden to get there. Me, being a lazy man, decided to take the shortest route outside the school, while the rest wished me luck and went the opposite way. I believe that any place can be creepy as long as it's dark. And the gardens were no exception. I bought my phone to call my parents. It rang once before being answered. I talked into my phone, telling my parents where to pick me up, but no answer. I stopped the call and called again. Same thing, no answer. I called for the third time and asked them to pick me up, almost shouting into the phone for an answer still no answer finally I gave up and decided to text them after walking through the garden for a couple more minutes I reached my waiting destination without incident it was a creepy walk but I was kind of relieved that nothing out of the ordinary happened my parents came after about 15 minutes of waiting but something was off When they stopped the car in front of me, they got out and asked if I was okay. The very worried expression on their faces. I said that I was fine. They told me they had got my calls and I asked them what did they hear. They said that they heard my voice saying, help me. Mm. That's really creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine that. Help me down the phone. Yeah. I couldn't be dealing with it. I really couldn't. There's something about those words help me. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> I used to do the same kind of thing at school. We used to um, obviously we have sports day. Um, and we used to, me and my best friend used to do a sponsored three legged race. And we were in different years at school, but it gave us the excuse to be like really naughty because we had to be tied up together all day mm. and not to go to classes, mm. any of them. And also I used to do the music festival dancing. So I used to pretend that I was practicing my dance for the festival. Um, and like we'd all do a dance together so we could just knock off basically, <laughs> just basically knock off. It was brilliant. Genius. Yeah. I can com- I completely agree with what they said as well. That any place during the day it can be absolutely fine. But during the night it's completely different. Yeah. Isn't it? It gives you a different vibe. Even this house, you know, if we are you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. That's scary, man. Mm. Man, I don't get scared of my own house like my house, like if any spirits coming into my house, i would scrap for me. Yeah, but well, yeah. you you wouldn't be physically able to scrap them, yeah, would you? Yeah, well, I'd do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can't come into my home and try to scare my family. Oh, that's sweet. But I do also remember the time you tried to punch me out when I came out of the toilet because you jumped so much. Yeah, that was like late, oh. <laughs> and I thought it was like a ghoul or something. <laughs> Yeah, I nearly got knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for Sunday. Yeah, we'll catch up with you at the weekend. Goodbye. Take care, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?